Welcome to episode four of the Naturally Abbey podcast brought to you by Oddly Natural Digital Branding and Design. I'm glad you are here along with us. We are going to have a great episode today. Super excited. As always, we start off the conversation with Alex and I. We really talk about being creative in the summer and how hard that is and, and how you kind of hit this lull and pushing through it in different ways. Find that creative spark again when it seems like. It's a very lackadaisical, especially here in Abilene. Uh, then we talk a little bit about uh, the city council election that has finally gone final. New councilman Jack Rent sworn in and uh, what that means for the budget process as we move into budget season. Uh, obviously, political season gets all the attention, but uh, governing season is more important, uh, but doesn't always get all the attention. So kind of what's moving forward in that direction. Our conversation today is with the Bailey sisters. You probably have run into them. They are owners of the arrangement here downtown. And then they they also operate the warehouse event space. And they've just added on a new space they're going to tell you all about. So really, really exciting conversation. Long-term business people here in Abilene started from scratch, grew it, and just have continued to invest in Abilene, especially investing in downtown. Really, really enjoying the conversation. I think you're going to learn a lot about them that you probably didn't know. Um, and really have a, have a renewed appreciation for, for what they've built. So without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Alex, and then uh, we'll hit the rest of the podcast. All right, we are now recording. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Summertime, the living's easy, hot. It's hot. <laughs> it's always hot. We uh, we're rocking and rolling, doing a lot of stuff. You know, I, it feels like summers can kind of be very slow here in Abilene, but we're we're staying super busy. I know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Abilene, I mean, definitely has these cycles. You know, it kind of like the it, spring and fall are always so busy, packed with events, packed with fundraising, packed with you know, new opportunities and different stuff to do. And then summer and winter, I feel like the whole town just kind of takes a break. So I guess the summer slump, if you will. But yeah, I mean, we've stayed, we've, we've stayed busy. There's been some exciting things happening in the city. And I know one of the things that we've been, um, we've been doing tons of websites recently. And it's been like, we did a couple, did a couple last year, you know, a couple during the prime 17, 18 type deal. But basically taking orders for six new sites in the past month um so we're i'm super busy building those and well and that's what you were doing whenever we met with that's what you were doing with hometown and that's what we kind of connected over and that's what i loved about you or was your ability to do sites and to create you know user experience is something that we talked a lot about whenever we were first in all the natural and, and ux wasn't even really a term right yet especially not in abilene um, I mean, it was in the digital world and, and with the bigger companies. But, um, yeah, I'm glad to see us focusing on that. I think we sh- shifted away from websites a little bit because Abilene was so social media focused, so Facebook oriented. Um, and it's nice to see that trend changing a little bit. I mean, I think Facebook is still king in a lot of ways as far as word of mouth goes. But websites are gaining more and more credibility and viability. I know we've got a couple of, like, oil and gas websites. I mean, the fact that those guys are jumping on and realizing they need a site to kind of be valid is a good thing to see yeah it's been super interesting because you know we've been having conversations and we're out meeting with clients and meeting with potential clients and things like that and i know one of the things that we have started to talk about based off of 
Facebook, which still dominates the island market, in is that you don't want really want to be beholden to Zuckerberg on a whim. Yeah, you can wake up and change the algorithm tomorrow, and all the work we've put in, and all the work that our clients put in, or someone doing it on their own to put in, could be gone or nothing. I mean, you've seen when he basically decided, "I'm tired of getting called out by everyone, and I'm going to change the algorithm." Yeah. back in back in the spring. There were literally businesses that were built on the back of yeah. how Facebook ran its algorithms that were decimated, like whole businesses, online businesses that were crushed. And it's hard to tell client, even though that's still where the eyeballs are, that that's where they should put a lot, of, you know, a huge portion of their of their marketing. And one of the things that we're we're kind of leaning more towards is putting original content on your website that yeah. you, you own that and you've got but that is truly that, your story invest, in telling it yeah you've got to invest t- some time and some money into that because you've got to do so so high quality content that people actually want to go see it mm-hmm. it's not just uh, if it's on Facebook or Instagram it's just there it's just part of a feed and if it's done decently well people are going to see it and they're going to interact with it if it's done poorly it's just going to get scrolled through so You've got to do even better than what you're doing on Facebook and put to put on your website, um, but there are companies out there that are that are doing it really really well. And so when we're building websites. We're, I'm trying to we're as a team are trying to keep in mind if they wanted to create content to put on here, is this the is the best platform? Are we setting them up? Um, I know we just did our our new website. We've been working on for a, for a long time, um, and you're just talking about how the the way our blog is set up on the new site seems much more intuitive and much mm-hmm. more kind of and that, that was on purpose it was built because we want more people to interact with it yeah and i think facebook got into this um got on a roll you know in the past decade of constantly pumping out um new platforms new ways to engage facebook live the interactive um likes haha's loves um and i think they found themselves in some trouble in the past couple of years and so it's kind of stopped that it's halted that like you said it's that he you know zuckerberg on a whim wakes up and changes the algorithms they don't have as much time to really put new effort into um into new ideas and so i think people are realizing that content creation on facebook um, people are looking for a little bit more now a little bit more quality facebook lives are great um, I think that's, you know, that's going to that's gonna stay around, but people want something that looks like you put some time into it. It's not just about overloading people with, hey, I'm here, look, I'm I'm doing this, I'm posting every day. It's more about what are you posting these days, and I think that lends itself a lot better to a quality website than it does. We talk so much about telling your story and being who you are and being authentic to that, and I just think um, websites lend a lot that a lot better than Facebook and those mediums do now. You know, I think social media is always going to be around, but I don't know that... It, social media needs some revamping. I don't know that's coming anytime soon. Well, it's been super interesting because I've we've, I've been so focused on, on kind of my day in day out in building these new sites, um, and there's a certain creativity that goes into that, and a lot of it's just looking at a blank page and and designing. And because it's been a change of pace from what we have been doing a lot of, or what I've been doing a day in day out, that there's been kind of this release of creativity and freedom in this new medium because it's a different type of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've talked a lot about just whether you want to call it the summer slump or just the sitting down and staring at a blank Word document to write an article <sighs> or a blog or looking at a blank Illustrator file trying to build a new mm-hmm. Instagram post or, or whatever it is. And, and 
staring at it forever and just feeling yeah. like... And this is something oh. that I think, you know, we want you guys, everyone listening, we, we'd like your feedback. Email us, Alex or Grant at liveoddlynatural.com and let us know kind of what, if you know, if you're struggling with a, with a summer slump, what's inspiring you these days? I mean, you and I are both so... Um, we both just consume so much news that we're hardly ever uninspired. And so I don't think it's a lack of things to write about. It's just, or things to design about really. But, um, I mean, and a lot of the designers and copywriters that we work with lately have said kind of the exact same thing. And I, and I wonder if that's, if that's what kind of Facebook and all that's led to, we were just so focused on creating so much content for so long that now it's like, okay, that worked for a little while. Now we have to step back and make sure that content is specialized. And that's been pressure. You know, it, it's hard to sit down and, in front of a blank page and you know I'm working with um even a writing coach right now D Grant and he's helped me open up a lot about personal writing you know journal journal journaling and doing stuff like that but when it comes to blogging I just think it's time to get a lot more specific about what we're writing about and not just pump out generic articles here and there and that's been intimidating for me I know on the design side it gets a little bit overwhelming as well well I think one of the things that it can it can you have to be really careful. We have to be really careful and not just turning out content for content's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's something which was the trend for a while. I mean, that was. I mean, yeah, it was. It was, it was quantity over quality for yeah. for a number of years. Um, Facebook just liked that you were continuing to put stuff. On that the was the, that was literally the algorithm, and we talked about that um, maybe on. A, I don't know if it was on podcast. It was just a conversation you and I had a year ago or so. But that was literally the algorithm was Facebook just wanted you to be pushing out content. And if you did, then they put your stuff out, you know, on top more often. They um, showed people your stuff, um, you know, as soon as you would post it. Because they just, it, it was based on the amount of words pretty much in your post. I mean, if you had a lot of words, if you were putting out a lot of content um, on a regular basis, then Facebook favored you more. And that, I think that kind of created this windfall of just trying to pump stuff out. Um, and now I think we're seeing that people are getting a little bit tired of that. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I've always kind of, summer's been weird for me because I think what we're talking about earlier is during the fall and the spring, there's so much stuff going on. And so you're interacting with people on a much higher frequency and no one's really on vacation and there's a lot more going on in events. And I know for me in the fall, it's like everything revolves around the weekend, you know, get to Friday not in the like don't want to work, but like as far as inspiration and it's football and it's pageantry and it's mm-hmm. you know new TV shows and new ads and all these different things that are coming out. New life, it's new yeah. life after the summer, um, and this is kind of the tail end of that cycle. Is mm-hmm. kind of okay. The first you know the year you know basically runs Labor Day to Memorial Day, and this is kind of reboot season, um, but you don't always have that freedom to, to reboot when we're still working, we're turning out new websites. Um, and, and so we've got to, you got to find a way to kind of in those summer months to kind of kickstart yourself. Yeah. And there's so much possibility there because there is, it is such kind of a, a dead time, I guess in the summer that there's so much possibility for someone to, for companies, um, for individual brands to grasp that kind of, I mean, open airspace. That's what everyone's grabbing for is attention and airspace. And, and, and in the summer, people don't stop reading the news. They don't stop, um, you know, listening to podcasts. They don't stop being on their phones. They don't stop um, looking at different things. And, and, and I think that's something that we've got to figure out how to really harness is, um, you know, sitting in those kind of rejuvenation periods and being able to get back up and say, all right, now it's time to start creating quality content now. How do we do that? And where do we go? And how do we make people pay attention in these slower months? So, so transitioning a good left turn a little bit here. 
We, I did Speaking want to of making people pay attention. Pay attention. There you go. Um, I did want to touch base because we hadn't quite done it yet on uh, the city council election, uh, place two. Uh, that runoff has gone final. Jack Rents has been sworn in as of this recording. Um, the next kind of big thing on the agenda city-wise will start being budget sessions this summer. And as someone that has sat through a lot of those meetings in the public portion of those meetings, um, it can be a slog. Um, and I know that you, when you're running, um, they even have on top of the meetings that are in the summers, they've started having like these, these day camp type deals, budget retreats, budget yeah. retreats. Um, obviously it's a huge thing. Uh, I encourage if you can't get to meetings, watch online, watch the replays online. Um, it, it comes up a lot during election season on where's my money going mm-hmm. and being fiscally responsible, quote unquote, or doing these different things. Well, Everyone's tired of politics now, but governing is starting very, very soon. And mm-hmm. that's really what people should be judged on. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you've seen coming on the pike or any thoughts you had on the election that run off or, you know. So I think politics is kind of a dirty word that's been thrown around a lot in 2018. Or it's become, you know, kind of a dirty word around these parts in 2018 because the city elections got so brutal. The presidential um, election was obviously pretty brutal. We've got some hotly contested Senate races um, for the midterms. And so I think that as far as politics go, it, it it's gotten a bad rap in 2018. So I would love to see us kind of focus, focus our shift a little bit on the actual governing. Because, I mean, that is, first of all, it's the most important part. Um, second of all, it can be the most exciting part. I mean, especially when, you know, the, the political side of it, the pageantry of it was the exciting part of it for so long and now that's gotten so polarized that I think that's what people you know um are so sick of is really that part of it so let's you know use this budget cycle in the city I think it's gonna be really interesting you know Abilene we have a, a 200 million dollar budget every year I mean I think it's about 182 um last year to be exact and 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 that's a that's a lot of money to cover a lot of different things and um I mean when, when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it it can it, it, it can feel like it goes it does go in a heartbeat, but as far as really figuring out how to structure those dollars, it can't, it's so interesting. I mean, I I would love to um, you know let people borrow the binder that we got at that budget retreat. I mean, it's thick, it's well it's well put out. They talk about infill development. Um, I mean, our city is focusing on some really important things, and I think what we often forget is they work for us. And Robert Hanna says it a lot. Our city manager, you know, is very open about, hey, you're my boss. Like I need direction here. Like you're like our citizens are supposed to engage and say hey, that money is our money. Here's what we would like to see done with it. And I think that if we can, you know, get productive about that, then, I don't know, some cool things could really be happening because we've got people in office and in place now that are really willing to do some cool, innovative things. And this budget cycle, I mean, has the potential to be a really exciting time. Last year was such it was such a battle. It was brutal. I mean, it was just not something that I think anyone in town wanted to engage in. I know you sat through a lot of those evening meetings um, we were talking street maintenance, you know, there were still some water issues going on last year. A lot of that has been for the most part, um, I, I don't want to say resolved, but it's been addressed. And so I think yeah, it'll be, it'll be much more interesting to, to sit those meetings again when some of the biggest anvils hanging over the city's head. Yeah. It's definitely not been solved, but has been resolved, if you will, in, in a different fashion. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, and it's not just last year. It's been a street thing. It's been oh, looming over their heads for decades. Yeah, for decades. Decades, and it's like, okay, so now we know where that money's coming from. 
what the stream meant to be passing, and we know kind of what the plan is for that to roll out and all these different things. And so, what what becomes both the hot button topic and kind of the priority for the council on doing this? And it'll be super interesting. You know, they've got different. They've been talking about different ways of running budgets and different. They've you know, I what I appreciate about Robert Hanna and the staff and the council is their willingness to not be stuck in their ways and to say, okay, here's how we've done this. Here's how other cities are doing this. Can we learn? Can we adapt? Can we change? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, I truly believe that that each individual person now, I mean, I always agree with what they say, truly does want to do what's right for Avalon. As far as the current council members that we have sitting on the bench? Yeah, now yeah. I, I think the ones that we've had in the past have wanted that. I haven't always, I've, I've agreed with a lot of them, I've disagreed with a lot of them um, on on how we make that happen. Um, but it doesn't mean that they, they didn't genuinely have, in their minds, the the good of the city um, at the back, they just thought we should do it a different way. Um, but it'll be, it's going to be super interesting. I, I can't wait to see um, what direction it heads because it, it has felt very predictable the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like how do we pay for as much streets as we possibly can. How do we secure water for the next 100 years? How do we? No, I agree. I think we have a lot of room to be creative here for the first time. Like you said, there's some. Not a lot of room. We got some room. We got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, some is a lot as yeah. far as that city government and budget planning goes. I mean, um, but no, I, I agree. We have um, our city staff, our council, our, our community. We have some room now to, to look at, to be proactive. I mean, Abilene's been reactive for so long as far as addressing issues that we just needed to survive. And, um, our, you know, our economy's good. We, I mean, we've got some really exciting projects in the pipeline. Downtown, there's a lot of excitement and focus happening there. Um, we have some room to see this budget cycle really produce some some new ideas and and i hope our council and city staff really really puts emphasis and focus on that because i think that abilene could could really come up with some creative and fun stuff that we that we roll out that we you know i mean that we that we say here's what you know here's here's what we're going to do here's what we've thought of here's how cool is this idea instead of um all the anger that's been kind of surrounded the street maintenance and stuff let's let's get a period of growth and rejuvenation and restoration and and going in until the next dire issue arises it'll be very interesting we'll continue to follow that through this podcast uh, over the summer and into the fall but uh let's move on to uh, our tip of the week This week's tip of the week is pretty simple. It's the idea of staying consistent. There's nothing more important when it comes to marketing online than being consistent. If you post something one day and don't post anything for another two weeks or don't post anything for another three weeks and then you post something and then two days later and then three weeks later, that inconsistency makes it really hard for a following to know when they're going to get new stuff and so look forward to it. my biggest suggestion is pick three days a week, pick two days a week, however often you're willing to post on Instagram or on Facebook, whatever that is, pick specific days of the week that you post on and tell people, hey, check back every Tuesday, every Tuesday and Thursday, whatever it is, we will have new content, content that you're going to be interested in, uh, whether that's sales, which I'm not a huge fan of, or 
you know, more importantly, organic content, doing that on a consistent basis will not only uh, help you stay consistent, but it'll also it'll also increase your interaction and uh, it'll have me more effective because people will know, okay, it's Tuesday, I'm gonna go check in and see what so-and-so business has done. So your tip of the week is stay consistent at all costs. I'm joined now by Lisa Cedillo and uh, Jamie Arrington, mm-hmm. uh, owners of The Arrangement slash The Warehouse. <laughs> um, Got to get credit for both of those. Uh, and we were talking a little bit before we came on. I needed to clarify, this is the same arrangement, even though it's not the same location, that in 2005, I bought my junior prom presage from. Is that yes. right? Yes, it is. A couple different locations. Y'all were saying, yes. where, where were y'all before? So people that have like... Been here and come back and been looking for you. Where where, where are we all before? We originally started uh, 4103 North First. It was okay. like way down North First. Yes. Across the street from our dad's carpet store. Parent store. Mm-hmm. And then we were there for... Four and a half. Years. And then we yeah. moved into the TMP on the corner of Pine and North First. And then we were there for about six and a half years. Yes. And then we've and been then here a little over 10, 10. I guess. Awesome. So. And then when did the warehouse become... Part of it, or was that when y'all moved here? Um, that was the whole. No, no, when we moved into the TMP building, we started the events, and then the warehouse portion, two thousand and five, I came think. about when we started being open to the public, and we had DJs and bands and stuff like that. And so it was the warehouse in the TMP, and then when we bought our own location, then we continued calling it the warehouse. And so. and. So correct me if I'm wrong, when y'all first started, was it just the, and I'm going to say it, florist shop? Is that the correct terminology? Uh-huh. Yeah. Flowers and gifts. So, I was good. so yeah. you always had the gifts. That, like, yeah. I, again, I remember, my yeah. memory is coming in and getting. Hey, you were tunnel vision. You were coming yeah. in for Grisage. You're like, you're coming to a flower shop. <laughs> I had one job to do. <laughs> and I did it. And it was to not get a rose corsage. Oh. It was Gerber Daisy is what oh. y'all were known and for back, in, back in the day. Oh. <laughs> still trap here. Don't you worry about that. I got a still trap in here. Awesome. Okay. But um, when why why get into the the florist business? Was it, was there a family connection, or was it like you know we like doing this? And... She worked at a flower shop in college, and then she also when she was in town, she helped a lady do weddings. So I decided um, art was my background. Angela State. Um, Go Rams. Yes. Um, decided that I was enjoying the flower shop that I was working at and was just kind of a little bit more curious. And so I took some courses at Texas A&M, the Ben School of Floral Design. And my professors would let me leave and go drive there, take some classes, and come back because I was studio art was my background. And so I decided that I think I really want to do that. So kind of really went, dove into that and started studying that and decided that Abilene thought would probably be the best place to do it. So I came home. She was at Texas, Texas Tech. Tech at the time. Was More importantly, Wreckham. Yeah. <laughs> I was We're all in family s- now, obviously. But. <laughs> I was in summer school and they called and they said, think that you need to come home and be your sister's partner in a flower shop and I was like what 
I was ag business, so I was like, okay, kind of. We might have been drinking a little bit of wine with dinner. So the next question was, uh, maybe you should just call me back tomorrow. (laughs) And then they really did call back the next day. I was like, oh, God, they're really serious. (laughs) Well, I had applied some places here in town, and just really not. It was really, most places are very old school, and they don't really keep up with trends and kind of what's going on. And I just was ready to change. And so mom was like, coming from a background of family businesses, they were like, well, y'all should just start your own. I was like, huh? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. mom's like, you're going to need a partner, somebody that's going to be able to help. And so hence this one. Yeah. Who who better else than your younger sister? No floral background or anything. Quit school, pack up her house. Went to the Ben School of Floral Design, took a two-week crash course, and they tell me to go out in the hall and grab blah, 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 blah. And I was like, uh, I don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) So I was watching the person next uh, to me, and I was like, okay, that's what I need to grab. I got it. Let's go. (laughs) So along those lines, what in y'all's mind, what separates – what's between florists? I mean, you said, you know, not keeping up with the trends or whatever. I mean – when someone needs some sort of bouquet or corsage, in my case, there's yeah. options out there. Sure. What, what, do you, what sets y'all apart? And then, like, for just maybe a little bit more general. You tell, you go ahead. I guess I feel like we try to, which I think in the floral industry, they call it like your bread and butter. So it's your flowers that are really cheap, that last a really long time. Not, not that Daisy's they're bad bread. flowers, but they're very traditional. And I don't think they give a good variety of, you know, what's available out there. There's so many options. And I think a lot of times when we deliver flowers, I think because we use different flowers than they're used to, they're just like, oh my gosh, these are really pretty. And I just think it's in a change from what they're used to. Because so. most people, it's like quantity versus quality. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why most the old school shops use quantity. And, it's, and it's, I feel like the trend side. is starting to change. I mean, like when we first started, I mean, bigger was better, period. And it was really hard to do when you have, you know, really nice flowers. You can't do as big. I mean, it's more like quality versus, like she was saying, quantity. So a lot of times, like when we first started, like that's what they were used to was carnations and babies' and breath. They, and they'd call on the phone. They're like, "I want a dozen carnations. We don't carry those. What? What do you mean you don't carry those? They didn't, they didn't understand. Um, and for us, because we buy from all over the world, literally, um, that you see things that you don't see every day. And, and seasonally, what's in season now versus where it comes from, there's a lot more options of stuff. And so we try to carry a lot more seasonal type products. Mm-hmm. So and from our the natural perspective, we talk a lot about how marketing is storytelling. How do yeah. y'all go about telling y'all's story about being having the different varieties and, and staying on trend and Y'all have strategies, do y'all think, you know, do y'all, are y'all using the internet or are you using yeah, word of we, mouth? Like, how I don't do y'all think tell we're very story? good at it. Yeah, I feel like, I don't think we tell our story as well as we should. Yeah. But I would say, like, that, our maybe. website, I mean, a lot of times when people call, I hate to say this, a lot of flower shops have generic websites and it's like your telefloral. And so when they F2D. get on it, whether it be XYZ, they all have the same website. So when they go to our website, they realize that that's our work. Yeah. And it's not, not just getting a program. It's, yeah, a programmed flower website and so i think a lot of times when they call and they've actually done the research it's usually our website they're like okay we've seen your work it's totally different than all these other sites that we're clicking on um and then too we try to stay up with facebook and instagram and stuff like that 
sometimes we get too busy that we're not always able to post the things that we need to post. But how is that different now than maybe when y'all started? When oh before gosh. the well, Facebook revolution, if you will. It was really new, it was newspaper, it was radio, and then word of mouth. I mean, I think probably you know that's the part that was crazy. You know, when our phone first rang, it was somebody we knew, somebody we were related <laughs> to. I mean, it was you know yeah, it's a completely small business. Like, yeah, so it was yeah. completely word of mouth. So it was just really funny. You know, when you first started, I mean, every time you answered, there was a you connection that person, yeah. somewhere Somehow. until finally that phone book came out and then it was more public at that yeah. point and then obviously they found you in the yellow pages or whatever but um yeah it's changed a lot i mean i think facebook has helped a lot i mean you can do spontaneous sales you can do spontaneous ads um same thing with instagram so it's changed a lot i mean yeah i mean i mean let's just be honest in college i didn't even you know you didn't have a computer so it was We've been dial over twenty years, and it's it's crazy yeah. how yeah. things go viral and and all of that. It's just and a different fast. way of marketing. Mm-hmm. Well, walking into the store now, you can tell that y'all have really grown. At least from again from my first interaction with y'all, yeah. junior year of high school, the boutique side of the business. Kind of what what's that story? What how did y'all go from, um, in my opinion, being primarily the 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 florist to now. I mean, I guess, y'all are pretty. What, florist. 14 years ago? We. See, now you're making me feel old. Probably yeah, more than, we've, been, more. we've been in business 20 years. <laughs> um, Congratulations. There a little you go. Over 20 years. Um, Showing our age now. <laughs> I think it was around 14, maybe 16 years yeah. ago. We started. We like things to change constantly. We, we love going to market. We love seeing the trends. We love just seeing what all other people are doing in all the different parts, you know. Of the states and above um and we'd always carried gift and, and jewelry that's always something we've had um when people would come in and go it really would be nice you know instead of me bringing a dress in trying to match up earrings if, if you, you offered clothing and you just keep hearing that over and over again and thought okay well we'll give it a small mm-hmm. test run and, Which and we did sometimes occasionally confuses people because they walk in and they see the clothing and the jewelry and they're like Flowers? But do you have flowers? <laughs> yes, we have cooler. Come on back. Oh. And then, you know, when they place an order on the phone, some people only think we do flowers. So it's been hard to get both of those sides marketed that they know that we do both of them. Well, that was my next question was, yeah. is that is that difficult to tell both of okay. those stories, if you will? Um, yeah. You know, are y'all tracking? Okay, we, the last two posts on Facebook have been flowers, so we need to hit we hit it with a, a dress or... Apparently, we were told the other day that I, we were lacking posting uh, clothing. clothing. Okay. A girl, I guess, shops us on Instagram, and she was like, um, lately, y'all been posting a lot of flowers, and I was like, oh, I think we really have. <laughs> And then she's like, I haven't seen much clothes, so I drug me in because I need to come look because you hadn't any clothes lately of clothing. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> and so I told Lisa, I was like, we're lacking on the clothes post. There you go. Well, that's going to be hard. I mean, right? Because I mean, you'll, you'll have so many different kind of balls in the air that's... Yeah. They're constantly to, spinning and yeah. juggling and moving. Yes. And changing. Which we love. Um, and some things do, you know, get kind of tossed to the wayside and... We know we need better at it. I mean, we know we need to be better at it. So, working then, on it. Yeah, well, there you go. That's 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 life, right? Just always trying to. Always working on it. Yeah, pretty much. And then, if y'all didn't have enough going on with the flowers and the boutique, you walk through a door, and we're we're sitting here in the warehouse, which yeah. uh, I was telling y'all when I came in, like I 
remember coming to one of my friends' weddings here, and, and y'all do weddings and proud events, and what made y'all decide to get into the event side of it? When we moved to the corner of North Rush and Pine and the TMP, that was, I mean, because we went from how many square feet? <laughs> 1,400. 1,400 square feet. To 15,000. To 15,000 square feet. Yeah. And so at that time, there wasn't a whole lot of event spaces. And at our old shop, yeah, people would keep calling. And most of the time when Lisa was in consultations, she was constantly selling somebody else's event facility. And there wasn't at that time that many and so there's a lot now yeah there's a ton now i mean <laughs> every day i feel like there's probably 30 plus but that was kind of our expansion was to be able to utilize that space was to be able to do events and they thought in-house. we were absolute crazy yeah it, it's it's a hard thing to kind of put yourself up there it's like we're gonna invest all this money to make this place look awesome and it does it looks yeah. awesome thank you and 80 90 percent of the time it's empty i mean yeah, yeah. It, i mean not on the weekends and yeah. stuff, but like during yeah. the day, it's not like it's okay. you know a storefront. People are coming in and you're making sales and yeah. you've got to commit to. And I mean, but when we were in the TMP and when we first moved here, we were open to the public, so we were open every Friday night uh, as, and a then, oh, okay. as a bar. Oh, as a bar, yeah. And for nine years, we did that. When we were in the other location, I think we started out with Thursday nights, and then they're like, "Well, why aren't you open on Friday nights?" So then we did Thursday and Friday. And then when we moved here, we thought, okay, we're just going to do Fridays because most of the time we'd have a wedding on a Saturday night. So, so at two o'clock in the morning, you're flipping this entire room. And yeah, yeah you'd end in, you know, a Friday night open to the public and then you'd have to completely clean the space out and get it reset for the next day and then be here the next night until two or three in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So after nine years of being open to the public and as they called us the martini bar, um, yeah. so we had so many signatures, quality of life kind of yeah. came into play. We're like, people actually got, I mean, I skipped out and went to a football game in the middle yeah. of Friday night and then came back and worked. Mm-hmm. But people would be like, oh, people actually go out and eat dinner on Friday we'd, night. We'd have, hang out. We'd have friends like? invite us to do something. We're like, no, we can't. <laughs> and the first party we went to go eat dinner, we were like, is this what other people do? <laughs> Literally, yeah. Well, and it feels like, and again, I have no experience whatsoever in yeah. the event side of it, but the marketing for this is it's probably different. You're probably not post. I mean, there's probably a whole other sector of you're trying to get it, trying to market to wedding planners, to you know, different magazines to feature you. To different. I mean, is it? Am I right in assuming that that kind of trying to get people in here is different, or is it very it, similar where it's still living online and it's just trying to show it is a great little, pictures? It is a little different. Um, I feel like still though. I mean, you get a ton of word of mouth. I mean, because somebody comes in for a wedding or whatever, and then they have a birthday party or they have a surprise business party. Meeting. We do a lot of business. Uh, meetings. Yeah, business meetings, Christmas parties. Um, and so every time stuff. you have an event, you're basically it's marketing. Yeah, yeah to a hundred people, two hundred people, whatever the night brings. So that's mm-hmm. always nice. But yeah, it's different. As far as like magazines and all that, if we lived in Dallas or Fort Worth, absolutely. Um, but there's not really a niche for that here. Yeah. We just don't have the market. It is crazy numbers difference between like even Fort Worth and Abilene of just wedding stuff. Yeah. Well, it's and it, it's one, you know, it, you see things on TV, you see things, you know, these gurus, these guys are trying to. Mm-hmm. It, Every market is different, and Abilene is, is a market all to itself in, in many it's its aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I always want to end with kind of this is, is just giving you all an opportunity to tell the, I'm sure, millions of listeners of this podcast, um, just anything we've missed, anything you all want 
um, the Abilene community to know about what y'all have here, what they're going to experience when they come in, kind of tell your story of, of anything that we've missed. That's where we're lacking. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, our newest, it would be the building on the end of the block. Yes, the addition. I, I told you. Yeah. Which, I really? was so inspired by it looking in there and taking photos <laughs> that I forgot to bring right. it up in the podcast. Like, oh, yeah, that's that, terrible that podcast. That's no, podcast no, no. opening. The, um, uh, yeah, give a second and talk about. Yeah. You'll, you'll knocked a hole in the wall and added um, a whole other expansion to the warehouse. Well, we've owned the building for almost four years and have been doing stuff over the years. We're really, crazy enough, we really wanted a restaurant and bar. I mean, we get probably five phone calls a day about people wanting to rent the space. And we really wanted something that had traffic. They, for, they wanted for offices and all that. And we really- For studios. We've worked so hard to get people to come downtown and be a destination over the past 16 years. Mm -hmm. um, when we moved from the original or the second location um, on the corner of the block of Pine and North First, we could have gone south side and it would have been a lot easier for the traffic, the location and all. And we really decided to stay true because to downtown. Want, I mean, I, I went to Angel State. Their downtown is incredible. The amount of stores and the traffic and being able to move and, mm -hmm. and coming home and opening the store. It was like, why can't we be that? Our downtown could be so cool. And so that's what really inspired us to move into the TMP. So, we stayed here, we renovated these two buildings, and then we've been steadily working on the building on the end, which we now call 389. 389. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had some people come in and look at it, some architects and all that, but for chains and all that, they're just not ready to jump into Abilene's market. For or downtown yeah, market, per se. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like doors open, you kind of get pushed off your ledge, and that's kind of what happened to the building on the end. And so we've, we've renovated it. Yeah, we've tried to give a vision to people for renting it, and then the they more vision not. that we kept on building into it, people were like, well, why don't you use the space? They were like, okay, maybe we should. <laughs> so, so as basically, of, as of last weekend, we used the space yeah. for a wedding. So we started hardcore getting it ready, AC, all new electrical, our CEO and everything. I guess the Monday after Mother's Day. Awesome. We decided, okay, all in. Yeah, y'all yeah, definitely put your, your left your impression, your foot, footprint <laughs> in this little corner of, of downtown. And we're, we're ready for all the new stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, mean, that's, I mean, it's come a long ways in 16 it years. I, it still has a ways to go, but. It's getting there. Yeah. One small business at a time. But yeah, come awesome. check us out. Yeah, come down, come see them. Uh, Lisa, Jamie, thank you so much for letting You're me come by and visit thank with you. you. Um, thank it's, you. Look, it's awesome. The place is awesome. I'm always saying, this is awesome. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. It's time once again for What's Happening Abilene. Again, just a reminder the goal of this part of the podcast is to be a place where you know you can get information on what's going on in Abilene so that you can no longer say there's nothing happening in Abilene. And this week is no different. This Wednesday, KTAB and Hendrick Regional Blood Center are hosting the 8th Annual Rodney Holder Guns and Hoses Blood Drive from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I get super queasy around blood, um, and so this is not something that I am keen to participate in. Um, but Rodney Holder was uh, someone I knew personally, um, and so if you're uh, keen to giving blood, 
Uh, this would be a great time to, to do that. So KTEB and, and Hendrick are, are going to knock that out. Friday, the mill is having a silent disco at 7 p.m. This is one of my most favorite totally millennial things where uh, instead of having a party or a dance with loud music, everyone has wireless headphones. And so you can hear the music specifically to you, but if someone walked up, they would have no idea music is going on. Super fun, super unique. This is something that's exactly what we're talking about that happens in bigger cities that we want to happen here in Abilene. Um, so that's this Friday at the Mill at 7 p.m. On Saturday, Pappy Slocum is having their fourth annual birthday bash. Uh, that starts at noon. So be sure to uh, come by and, and see those guys at Pappy Slocum. Always a good time um, and, and great beer. And we're going to jump ahead a little bit a week next Wednesday. So next Wednesday, not this coming Wednesday, but next Wednesday, the Abilene 4th of July Freedom Festival. This is the first of the year, first annual. Hopefully, uh, this is a group of business owners and individuals that really wanted to have fireworks and a, fe- and a celebration on the 4th of July. And so they've come together to put this together. That's at the Expo Center, Taylor County Expo Center. So that's next Wednesday on the 4th, the 4th of July, Abilene 4th of July Freedom Festival. And that's what's happening this week in Abilene.